Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. Good morning. Today is a special day. Today is the day that the church celebrates what we call Easter. Now, I need to admit that if you dig into the backstory, the history of Easter, it's a bunch of mixed up, mashed up traditions. First of all, you've got the celebration of a pagan goddess of spring named Istra. Some say the word Easter also relates to the East. So you think of the sunrise, a new day, a new beginning. The holiday is also a celebration, of course, of the spring season. And you have baby chicks, and you have Easter eggs, and the Easter bunny, and baskets full of chocolate. And of course, you have those marshmallow, sugar-coated marshmallows shaped into little ducks or little bunnies called peeps. I mean, you can't have Easter without the peeps, can you? Really, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you actually like those. I'll tell you what, for me, I'll take a chocolate bar over a marshmallow peep any day. Easter is a complicated holiday. It really is. But for us, for those who've placed faith in Jesus Christ, Easter is all about resurrection. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate the resurrection. It's Resurrection Sunday. It's one Sunday. It's not the only Sunday, but it's one Sunday where we focus all of our attention, all of our thoughts on remembering that the grave could not hold Jesus. Death was defeated. We remember on this day that the tomb was empty. Now this Easter is kind of weird. Because right now, all across our country... Everyone is working together to combat a dangerous virus. So to slow the virus down, we are not meeting together in groups. So this Easter, all across the nation and even beyond, church buildings are empty. This is our fourth Sunday apart, and we have at least three more to go. The building is empty, but the church is still alive because the tomb was empty and Jesus is alive. I'd like to read for you this morning out of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 9. And it says this, it says, On the very first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. 
In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to to the eleven and to all the others. Jesus had been brutally and publicly killed. His body had been taken down from the cross. His body had been wrapped and taken and entombed. And then three days later, some of the women go to the tomb because they want to tend to the body of Jesus. It had been the Sabbath, so they could not properly anoint the body. So they go for that reason. The women go for that reason. But what they find is an empty tomb. There's no body. There's there's no Jesus there. The stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty. Verse 4 says that the women were perplexed, puzzled. The word means that they were confused. They were kind of left scratching their heads, wondering what's going on. It's easy to imagine this is one of those moments where you go, wait, what? Did, did we take a wrong turn? Something's not right. This is, this is weird. What's going on? And then two men or two angels appear as men in dazzling or gleaming, brilliant, bright clothes. In the Bible, angels often appear as men. It's interesting. In the Bible, we never see an appearance of angels as women. And when the women see these angels, there must have been something so overwhelming about it, so shocking, because it says that they were afraid. But then the angels tell the women something very unexpected. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Our faith isn't built upon the legacy of a good man. Our faith is built upon the Son of God who claimed victory over death. Jesus was killed upon a cross. Jesus was taken from the cross. His body was wrapped. He was laid in a tomb and a massive stone was rolled to seal in, to seal that tomb. But three days later, he began to breathe again. The stone rolled away. He sat up and he walked out of that tomb. And he shrugged the dust of death off of his shoulders. He's alive. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. The resurrection is the defining moment for the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, Jesus is just a man who died for his faith. Without the resurrection, Jesus is just a man who inspired many people to follow him. But the resurrection proves more than that. It validates who Jesus was. It affirms his identity as the Son of God, the Messiah, our Lord, and our Savior. 
It gives us reason to place our faith and our confidence in Jesus. In one of his letters, the Apostle Paul spoke just about how important the resurrection was and how important the resurrection is. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse 3 through 7, and then 12 through 19. It says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, to one who's abnormally born. Then verse 12, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. The Apostle Paul said that the resurrection was of first importance. He continued on and he said that if Christ had not been raised, then our faith is worthless, it's useless, and we should actually be pitied. A poem by Henry Barstow says this. It says, If Easter be not true, then faith must mount on broken wing. Then hope no more immortal spring. Love must lose its mighty urge. Life proves a phantom and the dirge. If Easter be not true. You see, without the resurrection, we are still under the guilt of our sins. Because without the resurrection, we have no assurance, no assurance that what Jesus did on the cross applies to us. Faith, hope, and love, even life itself, are stripped of meaning and worth. But Jesus did die for our sins. He did die for our sins, and Jesus did claim victory over death. We don't follow the teachings of an inspirational man. We don't pay an honor and tribute to a religious icon. We worship a risen Savior. Our Lord lives. And the resurrection means everything to us. The empty tomb is a powerful reminder of who Jesus is. Sometimes the uh, the power of Easter gets lost. One day a dad was talking with his little boy and he asked his little boy, he said, what's Easter all about? And the little guy said, it's when Jesus came out of the tomb. Yes, his dad said, so proud of his answer. And then the boy said, and if he sees his shadow, he goes back in. 
When we celebrate Easter, we need to pause and give some serious consideration to the significance of what Jesus did. The death and the resurrection of Jesus is absolute love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. John 3.16 God loves us and he gave Jesus to take the guilt and the punishment for our sin. And when we know that love and when we respond to that love, when we pledge our devotion to Jesus as Lord and Savior, the death and resurrection of Jesus is absolute love and it's absolute grace. 1 Peter 2.24 says that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds. You've been healed. Ephesians 2.8 says it's by grace that we've been saved. The empty tomb reminds us that Jesus is still alive and God is with us. God is sovereign. God is at work. We are not alone. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In Christ, we are clothed with Christ. In Christ, we, are, we live by the Spirit and we keep in step with the Spirit. And it's all because of who Jesus is. He is Lord. He is God. He is Almighty. Proven by the resurrection. You're loved by the one who calls out the stars by name. The creator of everything knows your name and he knows your sin. And he took your guilt and he took your shame so that you can be forgiven and free. When Jesus rose from the grave, he didn't just prove who he is. He proved what he's capable of. He proved what he can do. He has the power to do anything. Rick Warren is a well-known pastor, most known for his book, The Purpose Driven Life. Rick and his wife Kay went through a devastating loss in their life. Uh, they lost their 27-year-old son, Matthew. He took his own life after battling for years with depression and mental illness. Someone once asked Rick how he kept going through that type of pain. And Rick said this. He said the answer was Easter. He said the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus happened over three days. Friday was the day of suffering, pain, and agony. Saturday was the day for grief and mourning, confusion, misery, doubts. But Easter, that Sunday, was the day of hope and joy and victory. And Rick went on and he said, here's the facts of life. He said, you'll face these three days over and over again in your life. And when you do, you will find yourself asking three questions. 
the same questions that he asked himself as he went through this experience. He said, number one, what do I do in my pain? What do I do in the days of my pain? Number two, what do I do? How do I get through the days of doubt and confusion? And number three, how do I get to those days of joy and victory? The answer is Easter. The answer is Easter. The empty tomb is a powerful reminder of who Jesus is. The empty tomb is a powerful reminder that there is more beyond. The resurrection is evidence that death is not the end. When people die, life doesn't have to be over. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 through 56 says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through Jesus Christ. Victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Hebrews 2, verse 4 through 15 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. In Christ, we have no reason to fear death. In Christ, we have victory over death. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we're told that God in his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, you can look at it like this. You can understand it like this. Those who are born twice only die once. If you're born physically and then you're born again in Christ, you die once and then you're resurrected into an eternity with God in heaven. But if you are only born once, you'll die twice. If your only birth is your physical birth, there is no new life in Christ. And after death... You are resurrected into an eternity of retribution, of payment for sin. It's a place called hell. A place that Revelation calls the second death. If you're born only once, you will die twice. If you're born twice, you'll die only once. The empty tomb tells us that through Christ, the resurrection is a new life. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Right now, the world's leading scientists and physicians are working to fight against this new virus. Coronavirus is very contagious and very dangerous. It has literally spread across the world taken thousands of lives, and disrupted life 
as we know it. We're praying for a treatment, for a cure, for a vaccination. And I believe, I believe that this invisible enemy will be defeated. But that's not our biggest threat. That's not our biggest enemy. The Bible tells us that our last enemy is death. Last time I checked, the current death rate is 100%. Death is the last enemy that we face, but death has been defeated. Death has been overcome by Jesus. And through Jesus, death has no power over us. For those covered by the saving grace of God, the best is yet to come. An eternity with God. A reunion with those who have already gone on to be with the Lord. Peace and joy beyond any type of comprehension. No more sin, suffering, or struggles. Wonders beyond our imagination. Death does not win. Because life in Christ is forever more. Today, on this Easter Sunday, church buildings are empty. But the church is still coming together in worship. We're celebrating an empty tomb. Because our Lord and our Savior is risen. Our Lord lives. And just like the old hymn says, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Just because he lives. Will you take a moment now to pray with me? God, we... We worship you, for God, you are a risen Savior. Jesus overcame death. God, we are grateful for that validation of who Jesus is, Lord and Savior. We thank you that it affirms to us that the cross, brutal cross, death of Jesus was a sacrifice that applies to us and pays for our sin. God, it also reminds us that you are with us. You are alive even today, living, working, involved in our lives. So we thank you for that. We trust in your power. We trust in your might. We cling to your grace. We love you, Lord. And we ask that you lead us through each and every day. Carry our burdens as you've promised to do. Lead us within your will to the direction you would have us to go. God, we place faith in you. We know that we are sinners, guilty, deserving of a punishment that we will not receive because of what Jesus did for us. God, we serve, we worship a risen Savior. We thank you that we can do that today, together as your church, even when we're not together in the building, but we can still lift you up 
the building might be empty, but the church is alive because the tomb was empty. And Jesus, you're alive. Pray this now through Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate this podcast. And if you'd like to leave a comment, please send an email to c.wordspodcast at gmail.com. May the word of God be living and active in your life.